you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Coe here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Joined along. Hey, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, back from, from the great state of Wisconsin. Apparently, my numerous and frequent vacations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, awkward. good, good for you for having seven weeks uh, of vacation built into your. Con- it's I good. wish there were seven weeks of vacation. That I is could tremendous. Take. Must, must be nice. I must feel be like nice. I feel that- like I take odd day of vacation off, and I look at my thing, and I owe them extra days to work. So. <laughs> You're suggesting that we actually have seven weeks of off season around here. Uh, it's very hey, listen, the off season off season never sleeps, bro. Never, never. What sleeps. off season? Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, much. Uh, it's a fun weekend. I'm uh, happy to be back, though. What a tease. What does that mean? Are we going to hear about this in daily? Maybe, dabs? maybe you'll hear about it in daily oh, dabs. I you like might it. just have to listen to the rest of the show. I like it. The magical beard of fantasy. Matt Franciscovich, the franchise. What's up? Hey, hey. Had a little uh, auction draft last night. Oh, one of my best. leagues. The best. Yeah, getting in there. Got to wait like another eight days for my League of Record draft. So Okay. Is that one Snake or Auction? Snake. Okay. There you go. And, of course, it is the pride of West Virginia, the wide receiver prognosticator, the creator of Reception Perception. Matt Harmon, what's up? Hey, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> uh, big show today in front of us. Uh, we've done all the divisions. Thank God. Woo! Those were getting a little tedious. I yeah. felt like Dan Hansis on the ATN podcast every time they do another division preview. is like, <laughs> oh, God, we're still doing these. It's such a great exercise, but once you get through 10 or 12 of those divisions, you're like, oh, my God, we still have to. <laughs> Actually, there's eight divisions. Never I mind. I say there's eight of them. What are you talking All about? All 35 you know I, that's, divisions. That's how I feel at this point, yes. that there's 18 divisions. Uh, we're going to be talking about draft strategies. It, it is uh, basically draft season. Heavy, hot and heavy draft season right now. Yep. Uh, zero RB or to not zero RB. I know folks are pretty uh, passionate on both sides of the fence. It's, it's it. such. It's so interesting. Seeing how heated people get about zero RB or not zero RB. Yeah, because uh, there's only one way to win a fantasy draft, apparently, <laughs> or not. So we will Much talk like about religion. that. Uh, yes, absolutely. We'll talk about uh, handcuffing your running back. Good strategy, not a good strategy, uh, stuff like that. Uh, Spoiler alert, no. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Matt, this is what's called a tease in the business. All right, just turn the podcast off. All right. We're going to be talking about PPR formats, uh, some players we like in that format, auction strategies as well, heroes and zeros and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but first, our top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. No question, the biggest story coming out of Dallas, both in real life and in fantasy. Tony Romo uh, could be out until midseason, at least according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, who reports 
that Romo has a compression fracture of his vertebrae. That doesn't sound good. That does no, not no. sound good. He also has a history of uh, back problems as well. He's, what, 36 years old? Yes. Is 36. that right? Yes. 36 years old. Um, uh, a midseason timetable sounds pretty reasonable, if not longer. Dak Prescott, who has been a preseason hero, is going to step in and start for the Dallas Cowboys. What do we make of the news? I mean, it's not great for the likes of Des Bryant and the Dallas passing attack. I don't think it has a gigantic impact on Ezekiel Elliott. I was in Wisconsin actually a few hours away from heading to my main league of record draft with, with beers on you know on the horizon oh, and yeah. delicious food. And Here we go. This news broke out, so I had to <laughs> grab my computer quick and uh, you know put together a little piece on this. But I think Zeke's workload is still going to be safe, and he can still be productive behind that offensive line. Isn't it fair to say that he'll get more work? Though? You would think they'll want to lean on him as the offensive centerpiece. And last year, Darren McFadden averaged like 10.8 standard fantasy points a game without Tony Romo in the lineup. Zeke is better than Darren McFadden. He's That's younger, right. faster, stronger, better pass catcher, whatever, you want to, whatever else you want to throw on him. So I'm not too concerned about him, but as Harmon said, I think two podcasts ago, Des Bryant has, you know, thrived in his time in as a fantasy wide receiver as being a red zone threat, and that that could be a little bit more in jeopardy this year. Harmon, yeah, I think we talked about this before with Des Bryant. Uh, it does essentially erase the uh, stupid little bet that Gelhar and Terrence Williams. Terrence that, Williams. Yeah. <laughs> we, said, Romo has to, we said like a week ago, like if Romo. Yeah, what was that? It was like if Romo plays 14 games. I said that there's no way Terrence Williams won't get 800 yards or six touchdowns. There you go. He's not even gonna play four. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't even make it through the preseason. <laughs> he didn't play four snaps, dude. It was oh, three snaps into the preseason. Yeah. It was craziness. Pretty rough. But, but what does it mean for Des Bryant? You know, I don't know. I moved him. I think I believe I had him at wide receiver seven in my second tier of my rankings. And all I did was really swap him and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Hopkins at seven now and uh, Dez at eight. I don't think it makes that big of a difference because I think Prescott can move the offense. I don't think he's going to be as hopelessly woeful as guys like Brandon Whedon and Kellen Moore were right. back there. You know, I don't I don't think that uh, Prescott's going to keep up his passing game production that he's had in the preseason. Of course, those numbers will come down. Of course. But he does, He will move the offense with his legs. What, he what, did, passing he, threat. what did he have in this pre Like an 80% completion rate or something? He's got like something 500 some yards, and five one, touchdowns, no picks. At one point, he had a perfect quarterback rating. That's great. 158.3. So. Uh, MG, dude, this is a guy, I mean, we were talking about it today on, on the NFL Fantasy Live show. Um, he's Tim Tebow with a better arm. Again, that's a really low bar. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's yeah. weird to say that because because that was like the slanderous comparison of Dak Prescott before he actually took big steps in his final year at college. People were like, oh, this is just another guy. This is just another Tim Tebow. You know, SEC, he was wearing 15. He had a quirky throwing motion. But oh, did, I, I don't know if that was a – I don't know if it was a slander, though. I mean, Tim Tebow in college was unbelievable. We really don't need to go down, like, the Tebow road right now about – are, are you please, sure? Let's not. Please, are you can sure? we not? No. Yeah. I feel like we should. No, all right, like all right. Never not. mind. Scrap <laughs> we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about We should totally not. Kelhar looks – Yes. Kelhar looks completely unamused by No, but, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, Dak Prescott – is interesting because yes. of the running ability. He yeah. had ton, 10 rushing touchdowns at uh, Mississippi State last year. Um, he is a guy who has, you know, again, you know, been really good on the ground, very physical runner as well. I mean, he's an imposing figure uh, mm -hmm. when you see him out there, especially when he gets into the open field. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, certainly uh, he's got to have some interesting upside because of the rushing ability. Yeah, he's going to keep the offenses honest because they have Zeke back there too. Like we were talking about Friday, uh, they have on those read options now that the, the defenses are going to sell out on Ooh. Zeke running up the middle and Prescott's just going to take it out to the, to the outside for 10 or 12 now, yards with his feet. Now, my question being, though, with this – is they already lost Tony Romo to injury, and now they have Dak and really nobody else behind them. How willing are they going to be to go and subject him to unnecessary hits in the in the open field on designed runs? Well, I, I think I think what you'll see a lot it will be more kind of read option runs where he gets to kind of monitor the defense and see what happens. I mean, that's sort of a way, to, I guess, to protect your quarterback as much as possible. But I think 
they would be doing the Cowboys would be doing Dak and their offense a disservice to try and make him something he's not. I, that is That's a big true. part of his game. I mean, right. They pigeonhole him in the pocket. I just think that doesn't let him help anybody. Let him let him freestyle when the play breaks down. But if we're doing design runs, most defensive players are taught now to pummel the quarterback on those read options, whether or not he has the ball, because that stops him from doing that in the future. That's true. So yeah. I I just I have to wonder. I mean, and maybe it's not the Cowboy way, but. We, I'm not. I'm not going to buy in that they're just going to let Dak run wild and do all these design runs to him when they legitimately have no quarterback depth behind him right now. Right. Well, I think it's also maybe this changes too if they make the move to go after whether what Josh McCown, Sanchito, or, or Sanchito. No, Sanchito might be. Uh, Sanchito will live if uh, if Sanchez gets released <laughs> by the Broncos. Then he may end up in. Da- I, and Galhar right now is like just pinching his nose <laughs> no, I, in exasperation. <laughs> well, no, like well they're they're not going to go after McCown because the Browns want too much. Knowing RG3's injury history, right? Um, so they're not they're not parting ways with him. And sure, Sanchez, whatever. But I, I think I think Dak is a good guy to monitor on the waiver wire or stream or maybe even a DFS play. But hey, man, week one, Giants. There's Dak I, Prescott. I, I I do like him definitely in DFS. There will be weeks. Come where on now, Dak get on board. But let's, let's get with it. When it comes to like drafting him in a ten or twelve team standard league, no. Well, I'd so much rather take a shot on one of those other late round guys that. Yeah. That we that have we know a little bit more of what's doing and have a better bevy of weapons. Like rather take Tyrod Taylor. He's you know in another year he's got Sammy Watkins or even Kirk Cousins or somebody like that in the late. All right, here's here's a crazy sure. one: Dak Prescott or Blake Bortles. 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 Jeez. This this guy's a rookie. Remember? Oh, listen, I know, I get yeah. it. I mean, but again, the the the, uh, the look, he looked amazing in the preseason. Right. Uh, and, and it wasn't just again, it wasn't just the running ability, but uh, how about that deep dime that he threw to Terrence Williams? That was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. That was a gorgeous I mean, throw. I'm curious to see how much they are letting him get into the playbook, how vanilla they're going to keep it with him and what happens, you know, a couple weeks in the season. Yeah. When there's tape out and everybody's starting to scheme for him. That's true. But that's what I'm saying, week 1, DFS. Oh yeah, no, I think we, I think DFS we won it. against the Giants. I I I like that play. All right, how about uh, in uh, Dallas? Dallas in Denver, Trevor Simeon, Planet of the Apes, been named the starter. Why Why is he playing? Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Simeon, hello. Yeah, Simeon. You What's that? Get monkeys. Oh god. Oh, god. Right. Come on. I mean, I've, get with it here. <laughs> Come on. I have only seen bits and pieces of Planet of the Apes. No, no it has nothing to do with <laughs> the, the, the move. Simeon's an actual word, man. Oh. <laughs> You're on I, your computer. Why don't you go to the Google? Oh, I'm really, I don't know why, but I just got hit by like a wave of exhaustion as soon as we started. The show. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's fabulous, pal. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we need for this. We're podcast. taping this at three in the afternoon. I'm not on my game anymore. Wow, wow. Oh, okay. Boy. I, like, the, First world problem. Simeon. Yes. Uh, this is good to have some clarity. I, what I kind of like about him being the starter <clears throat> is that he is uh, more risk averse than Sanchez. So hopefully. Even if he's just dinking and dunking it, they're not going to be turning the ball over as much, and it will keep those fantasy-relevant players like C.J. Anderson, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders yeah. on the field more, and he won't be you know, turning the ball over a bunch as Sanchez might and taking them off the field. If anything, it helps solidify the Denver defense as a fantasy play. Because they're not going to be having to come from behind and and worry about those pick sixes that Sanchez is prone to throw every now and again. But uh, with Trevor Simeon in there, you mentioned it. Look, coming out of Northwestern, uh, he's he's used to a pass-heavy attack and uh, dinking and dunking and doing all those type of things. Does it help the Does the dinking and dunking does it help a guy like Emmanuel Sanders? Sure, <laughs> that's a yeah. <laughs> I think it would. I think it would. I think people are – okay, first of all, Emmanuel Sanders is a huge value right now in drafts. He's slipping like eighth or ninth round maybe. Okay. You don't have like a wide receiver three by then and you want a value pick, go with Emmanuel Sanders. I like it. I'm not afraid of Simeon's, Simeon knocking down Thomas and, and Sanders' value. Like whatever is there is going to be better than what the Broncos had last year and both guys still I think had over 1,000 yards. I mean, I just I – don't, I don't see any – big change one way or another with him. I think, no? I think yeah. who they were last year is who they are going to be this yeah. year. I mean, you know, it's not like the not like the quarterback play is getting any better or worse. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't dare take a chance on Trevor Simeon on my fantasy team. Well, no, 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 no. That's clear. Uh, I think it's more of a question of how he's going to affect the wide receivers. And the other thing with the dinking and dunking is Demarius yes. Thomas is like king of those bubble screens. It's true. So, there you go. You know, This uh, offense could be legitimately bad. one of the lowest scoring at least in the NFL, which do, which does make me nervous to spend like priority picks on any of these guys. But CJ especially Anderson that's why that's sort of why I don't know. I feel like that's kind of why I like CJ Anderson. I mean, I just I keep holding to this idea that 
to win, this team's going to be defense and a ground attack. And yeah. so that, you know, they're going to want to shorten games because they they can't turn it over to their quarterback and expect to win with, you know, Simeon throwing the ball 35 to 40 times a week. It's just not going to happen. At least even if they're low scoring, we know where the ball is going to go for yeah. the most part. That's it's right. Shea Anderson, Very Thomas, true. and Sanders. Very hey, true. Virgil Green is kind of emerging, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop. No, I will not stop. Don't <laughs> tell me what to do. <laughs> I I think he has been making plays in the preseason. I think there's some use. Hold he's the athletic. Hold on. Yeah, he's super athletic. Hold he's on. been athletic for well, how many years, and he keeps getting passed hey, over I, for this I have job. a point here. <laughs> hey, he's energized, guys. Let him go. Let him go. I have a point here. Don't. Like there, a lot of times, you see when a young quarterback is integrated to the offense, they use the tight end a lot as a nice little dump off option. And I think that could be who Virgil Green is. Now, if you guys want to go back to interrupting me, feel free. Well, I was gonna say, I think I've noticed uh, a trend emerging. Dare I say, with Marcus? Trends? He doesn't like us bringing up any dark horse tight ends. No. He only wants the elite guys. He Cameron Brait. He's like, no. Because you yeah. guys are reaching like Virgil way into this Green. grab no. bag, <laughs> this grab bag of yuck to come up with like these tight ends that aren't gonna do anything. Says yeah, the guy sure. who's on the yeah. Clive Walford hype train over there. I mean, look, he's got more of a shot than Cameron Bright. Oh, you keep dying. Oh, dang. You, you keep dying on that Walford Hill, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Baltimore where, uh, again, uh, everyone is apparently dying there. Moss injuries. Dude, I don't get it. I know. Benjamin it's Watson, sad. first snap of the game, tears his Achilles. Done for the season. Yeah, I don't get it. Toast. I just don't understand what's – and, again, it's the Baltimore – and, really, it's the Baltimore tight end curse, is it not? I mean, yeah. last year, literally, I, I, how many of these guys got injured? It was craziness. I mean, Dennis yeah. Pitt is still trying to work his way Pitt back. Is Double hip surgery or yeah, something for yeah. Pitta? Didn't I mean, he break something, like a finger or something, God, in a fight, too? God. Yeah, I think he got into a fight with a teammate. So, I don't know, like, uh, Crockett Gilmore is, like, the de facto leader now. Is, is he, he even healthy, healthy though? Is yeah. he I was I just looking at Roto World, and he's, he's, he's not injured right now. Currently not injured. Right now. Nice. Okay, well, currently. Uh, what about Matt? He Hurley? hurt his hamstring at the end of July, but since then he hasn't had any any injury buzz. Yeah, what's up, with, uh, what's up with double X? Max Williams? Max He's Williams. injured, I think. Nearing a return, what about, it says on the What about Darren Waller? He's Ugh. suspended. See, the thing is, like, I know I was, <laughs> I liked Crockett Gilmore yeah. last year when they didn't have anybody here, but now that they've got so many bodies and we don't know what's going to happen, I'm just staying away from this tight end. This position. discussion thing, makes me sad. The thing is, though, like, God – some of these players in Baltimore are going to matter in fantasy because they're going to be bad and they're going to throw the ball a lot. Great. So when they yeah, when they start playing, we can grab them off the waiver wire. I can, yeah, I know. It's just, it's just so frustrating. Like, I, th I thought Ben Watson, actually, I was kind of coming around to him being like a sneaky tight end play. I mean, I know we're only allowed to talk about the two best tight ends. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jared, Jared Cook. And, uh, <laughs> and Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. There That's you go. it. That's all we can talk Maybe about. Maybe a little bit of Julius Thomas somewhere. Okay, right. Good. Perfect. Uh, Kenneth oh. Dixon. He uh, apparently tore his MCL. Also <sighs> dead. God, Baltimore. He did not tear his AC. MCL. M MCL sprain. It's a sprain. He's out for like four weeks. No, he's out for four weeks. I I got the I got an email saying I I thought it was Kenny Dixon with a uh, an MCL tear. Oh, he does have a torn MCL. There you oh, go. Oh, sorry, Gil. Does not need surgery. Does not need surgery. Four weeks seems a little optimistic, don't uh, you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Big time. I think it was four to six weeks. So we'll just say six. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Dixon. Again, MCL. So, so RIP his, dra his draft stock. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, if you were you, you shouldn't have been drafting him before. No, we had basically weeks, we had basically yeah. buried him like two, three, two or three weeks ago on the podcast. Anyways, even James said he was off of him. Yeah. James was really the last holdout there for yeah. Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, it yeah. was rough. This was probably rough. just takes off the idea that he could potentially be a guy that midseason takes yeah. over that backfield. I think that's pretty much off the off the radar. For I people. would agree with that. Yeah. Minor injuries to Julio Jones, ankle, A.J. Green, bang knees. They'll both be fine. Yeah. We'll move on. Josh Gordon. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, oh. you know, come on. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. All right. Two targets, Man, two receptions. Marcus angry again. Look, I, what is it, like 87 yards or something? One of them was like a 43-yard touchdown. Look, I know you guys have strong opinions on Josh Gordon. I put him on my players to avoid list last week. Okay, you took him right off. After No, no, after oh. the preseason game the other night, yes. I got and then flamed on Twitter. Twitter.com got Everyone just... Oh man, I got torn up. So just just putting that out there, I understand it was a bad take. Let's move on. <laughs> what you guys? You guys can you guys is can discuss about it. Is it a bad it's take? It's not though. a bad take. Is it a bad take? I, mean, I don't know. He's yes. gonna miss four games. He's pretty exactly. much one bad decision away from his NFL career ending. Being over. Okay. Uh, he's had hamstring injuries, I think, in camp. camp. Is he in shape? Does he know the playbook? Sure. Right. He I can, think there's still sure, a lot he of can, big questions about Josh Gordon. Yeah. But he looked good. He looked huge. Like, who's going to cover that guy? Again, I've come to the conclusion that of all the plays the Browns have in their playbook, the one that they are the best at is 
having a guy run fast go route, the sideline yeah. and just throw it deep. Agreed. Hey, big guy, Agreed. just we saw, throw it down We there. saw Terrell Pryor do it a couple times. Now we've seen Josh Gordon do it. Like, right. I don't know if they're good at the rest of their playbook, but they're good at that. Right. Uh, you haters just keep on down. <laughs> Mr. Seventh Round Josh Gordon here. Right. Yeah. Seventh and I would Josh and Gordon, I'm, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And double down do on it. that take? I would, I'm going to double down on that, and I would say absolutely you take him in the sixth or seventh round if you take wide receivers early. Oh. Because, listen, this oh. was an important thing to see. We saw him still be good at football, shockingly. Yeah, no, that's true. His, his adjustment to that touchdown catch was unbelievable. Yeah, right. that was nice. It was nice, dude. Listen, when you're, nice. when you're a stud athlete and just an overall great player, sometimes you can take some, some leisurely time off. Sometimes, but I think this is more about looking. That dude's got more vacation time than Alex Gellhart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more about looking at his ceiling than it is his week-to-week production. I mean, I think this. I think it reinforces the fact that his ceiling is still pretty high, yeah. but what are you going to do like on a week-to-week basis? How much is he really going to give you consistently? Well, that's why I've said you don't want to have him as like your wide receiver, too. You want to have him as like a three or more even ideally as a four in a wide receiver-heavy approach so that you have access to the upside, but you're insulated from the downside. Pass. Okay, cool. All right. I'm with you, Co. All right. Pass. You nerds you nerds keep taking like <laughs> your safe picks in I love when, I love when Captain Spreadsheet here calls us nerds. Who's <laughs> <laughs> an idiot? Well, there you go. Had to get that. that. Needed that. It. There cool. you go. I like it. How about in San Diego? Um wow. Melvin Gordon. Ooh, Hello. Boy. You guys ready to come along on this road? I am, dude. I'm on board. I am. I'm ready. ready to come along. I flip completely. I flip completely. He looks guys, explosive, man. You guys yes. were laughing at me back in April and May when I, I was know. talking about this dude. I know. That, that touchdown run he had, what like it wasn't a crazy impressive run, but because they they sold out on the blitz, but he as soon as he hit the hole and like, he got that one step, it was gone. just like game over. And he looked he like exploded. he did it at, at Wisconsin. It was yep. just yeah. it was gone. It was awesome. And the thing about that, too, when I looked at the replay on it, um, it, he was, like, looking back at the defenders, like, making sure yeah. that he was outrunning them. Right, right, yep. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, no, he, he, he looked uh, explosive. And, again, obviously there was productivity concerns, O-line concerns. There yeah. was the uh, micro-fracture was the big one uh, this offseason on that knee. But, man, in the words of Marshawn Lynch, MG's been here the whole time, bro. I've been here the whole time. Nice. Uh, I mean, seriously. I, I just love that even on the, the runs that aren't the explosive, not getting touched, 39-yard touchdown runs, he just looks much more decisive. Yeah. Last year, I think he came in with sky-high expectations, and his offensive line, the Chargers, they showed this stat during the preseason game. They trotted out 26 different offensive line combinations last year. Whoa. That is not good for a running back to get into a rhythm or learn or get confidence, and I think I forget where the stat was from. Might have been Pro Focus or somewhere, but Gordon and Danny Woodhead were both like hit on average the deepest behind the line of scrimmage of like any running backs in the league last year. That's not yeah. great, Bob. So now that the offensive line is a little more stability, he's got a year under his belt. He's yep. confident. He's healthy. You're able to see him make the decisive cuts and have the vision that he showed at Wisconsin. So I'm I'm all on board. I got him in like the sixth round, I think, of my draft uh, this weekend, and I was ecstatic. And yeah. plus, uh, there's going to be a more balanced offense as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Travis Benjamin on the outside taking some safety uh, help away. He's looking good too. Oh yeah. yeah. Keenan Allen's going to be there. Obviously, Antonio Gates is come, is back and uh, relatively healthy from all reports. So man, this is uh, it's an it's an offense at least that um, should be more balanced for Melvin Gordon. Which which is a good thing. Uh, by the way, in San Diego, uh, the Chargers have signed Joey Bosa. Finally, our, finally. our moderately sized regional nightmare is over. Yeah, that does it doesn't mean anything for fantasy really because you're not. Uh, the I will say though to make sure we get this promo in that if you want to go back and watch any of these oh, yeah. games or catch the go. preseason games live Please. or have game tape at your disposal during the season, yeah, buddy, head to NFL.com/slash you know Game Pass and you can start your free seven day trial today. Franchise, weren't you saying they just added back in the player search functionality? Yeah, now? They, they, were... they didn't have it for the first two weeks of preseason, but I was searching by players today, and it was just so easy to look up, like, Jeremy Hill runs, Melvin Gordon runs, just yep. searching so for guys you want to draft. It's a great thing to have at your disposal when you're trying to find out, you know, may, if you're trying to pick up guys off the waiver, you want to know some guys. Trades. Yeah, trades or some guys' box score stats are for real. Like, oh, wow, this guy had, you know, five catches. Well, how did they come? Were they all bubble screens? Did he actually look well? So, Yep. Uh, check out NFL.com slash Game Pass. Get, get your subscription today. Live out-of-market preseason games as well. Game replays during the regular season. That is MG's uh, favorite feature of NFL Game Pass. Uh, not on the rundown, but can I mention Tavon Austin getting paid? <laughs> sure. What? Just, 
Let's just let's keep it rolling. What First in Melvin the Gordon, hell? Now Tavon Austin. What in the hell? You hear that drum beat, is James? Is LA Cole? doing? You hear that drum beat, James? Why Cole? are the Rams that drum doing beat? This? That drum beat is Tavon Austin knocking down your door. A four-year extension. Guys, that's guys. him Tavon knocking down your door. <laughs> you don't give four-year extensions to nobodies. He's coming. Uh, yeah. He's coming. No, he's not. He's coming. He's got more guarantee. He's got $30 million in guarantees coming his way. It was a four-year, $42 million contract for Tavon Austin, uh, a guy who is multidimensional, to be fair. He's yep. multidimensional. Absolutely. Uh, but not that great of a player. He's a what? good player what? that has not been used properly. Nope. It is. That it's is, it's that's inaccurate. It's like if you take a toothbrush to you know, scrub your vegetables. Like it's just not <laughs> the right way to do it. That's not how you're gonna get the most benefit from your. Uh, by we, the way, wait. Can we pause for a second? Yes. What? How did you come up with that? Does that you just pulled that toothbrush to scrub I, vegetables? I just I totally that, just I just made wow. that up. That was that was that was like impressive. That, that was like that? solid. I just wanted to stop and like pay some attention <laughs> to that. So people listening at home weren't like, wait, did he say toothbrush vegetables and we breezed on? Like Boom. <laughs> that deserved a little more time in the that's, podcast. That's now a, we, very good point. Talk. Okay, good. Uh four year, forty two million, thirty million guaranteed. Randall Cobb last year, this is not an old contract. Randall Cobb, four year forty million. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe seventeen million Correct. guaranteed. He got more guaranteed than Cobb and Baldwin. That both is, signed like four-year extensions recently. That's crazy. Not combined, but and, individually, uh, he right. got more guaranteed than both of them. That well, is uh, crazy talk. That's crazy talk. So I know you were heated on it uh, on Twitter, James. It makes I, no sense. I just want to find out who reps Tavon Austin and start Great some, job. Start some talks with them about maybe you know signing <laughs> yes. some of us from the stronghold here. Absolutely. Get uh, get Harmon and franchise on that that season long thing. I do want to say I'm happy for Tavon Austin. Yes. Happy for I love I I'm super happy for guys who get the jack. That's great. I'm just saying from a management perspective, what in the hell were the Rams thinking? I have no idea. Maybe they've been listening to this podcast and they realize <laughs> so. that they have a gym on their hands and oh, need to lock him up. Could oh. use a good quarterback. Oh boy. Hey, oh, hey, that. hey, hey, hey. Calm down, pal. <laughs> Calm down. He met Case Keenum. Okay. Calm oh my down. God. Uh let's talk about some draft strategies, some different uh strategies that we have in different formats. Look, I, look, there's so many different ways that you could play this game. Uh most of the time we talk about standard, mm-hmm. which is fine. Snake draft and you know, four points for a passing touchdown, six for uh, receptions and, and rushing attacks, no PPR, no points per reception, all those kind of things. But uh, the hot topic in fantasy this offseason, for some reason, I don't get it. Zero RB or no zero RB? Should you be a traditionalist and go with running backs heavy in the early part of your draft? Or should you be like Matt Harmon and say, screw that position? I'm going wide receivers until I die. You don't, one, you don't have to say screw the position. You're still taking good guys yes. later in the draft with yes. different roles. It, the whole theory is, and Harmon can speak more accurately to it because he's he's studied it and he is, as you said, the wide wide receiver prognosticator. But yes. it's a it's an anti fragile strategy, and you're trying to protect yourself from the losing that valuable first or second round pick if you sink it into a running back who's much more prone to get injured. And can I say this as well? So many people have their own definition of what zero RB is, and I get it. You know, it's a very loose, very loose uh, definition right now. But zero RB essentially just means, you know, again, you're you're really going wide receiver, super heavy in the early parts of your draft, and you're trying to find value running back right. uh, in the mid to late parts. I mean, Harmon wrote a great piece on oh, why yes, uh, wide receiver heavy oh, drafting is here to stay. So, Harmon, maybe you want to speak to the Please. differences a little bit and, and the theory behind that. And people can read that great piece at NFL.com slash Harmon, by the yeah, way. Yeah, buddy. Yes, it's, the most, it's a good one. It's the most. Oh, thanks, guys. I really put uh, a lot of uh, uh, time and uh, uh, effort into writing it, so uh, thanks. And I quoted a lot of really great people that have done a lot of good work on uh, on the topic as well, and I would encourage everybody to follow the links provided there and read and, and follow those people as well. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, Zero RB is a strategy that Sean, Z- Sean Siegel, who writes for Rotoviz, uh, put out during the 2014 offseason talking about um, some of his approach to a, a high-stakes league the, the previous season in which several of his zero-RB teams finished within the top uh, scoring teams that year. And one of his teams won the championship, which that team had Jamal Charles on it. But he ended up coming up with this theory called zero-RB where, yeah, you would take an anti-fragile approach. And the reason that running backs are becoming more fragile and this is not like an opinion. These are facts. Like I outlined outlined in the article, the running back position is becoming 
less and less about workhorses. You know, if you look at back in 2006, there were seven or there were seven running backs that had 70% of their team rush attempts or more. That were, there has only been seven since 2011. So there have been less and less workhorses, and mm-hmm. you can see the chart I provided there. Just the 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 lines trending way down for that. It's also running back scoring is trending downwards, and wide receiver scoring is trending Up. upwards. Mm-hmm. And same to same from a week to week perspective. So. And then lastly, injury rates. Running backs are much more likely to uh, to suffer a serious injury. Probably the the one that I one of the favorite pieces that I cited come from uh, Jeremy Funk of Dynasty Football Factory, where he found that 92 running backs uh, since 2000, oh, 2009 have suffered significant injuries, where only seven wide receivers have. So I mean, these aren't like opinions. These are the th- trends these are the way things are going it's not an overreaction to last year exactly that's been happening for years as the league rules and offenses have shifted more and more towards passing right Right. every every year pass attempts go up every year rush attempts go down so the reason that it's tough to count on these running backs is for a multitude of reasons backfield committees are becoming more prevalent running backs are just more likely to get injured than wide receivers or at least suffer significant injuries and the the position overall is becoming more important as scoring changes affect fantasy especially in ppr leagues but also in standard leagues as well because receivers are accounting for more catching or catching more yards than ever before that's an important distinction though is it not Uh, a lot of folks look at zero rb and say oh well you must play in one of those fancy ppr leagues actually what you're saying uh, matt Harmon, is that and a lot of folks are saying is that regardless of format zero rb is the way to go see i don't know see i know this is my point i i don't think there is one way to get to the top of the mountain oh that's for you sure. know this right. is there you can like i say have that in this the, tool in your yeah. toolkit i say that in the conclusion of the article like if if you take three running backs to start off your draft and yes. they all stay healthy achieve workhorse status and meet their adp value which is another thing wide receivers have been much more predictable in terms of where they are in average draft position and where they finish at the end of the year if you can get a running back that hit all three of those things at your top of your draft that's great but the likelihood of that happening is going down every year that's becoming less okay. and less likely that happens right, so, so l- you can you can get to the the top of your league by taking an early running back strategy, but it's just a much more risky, much more fragile approach of doing business. Okay, so let me ask you this then. So uh, what is a profile of a running back that you like to target in these zero RB situations? Yeah, so I typically, and I talk about this as well, I typically like to build my teams with I'm not. I'm probably not like a true zero RB drafter. If if it strike if the move strikes me right, I can I will do it, and I will probably do it in several leagues this year. Um, but I'm also willing to put in one running back there at the beginning, and those running backs have to be like a, a you know a Jamal Charles type, Ezekiel Elliott. These guys that profile as true workhorses who could uh, just dominate the touches and be a clear flo- also a clear floor play. Like if a Devonta Freeman's there in the second round, in the mid mid to late second round, I think he's great for zero. RB you want guys that uh, the one thing you just didn't mention, but that is go through all those guys is that have ability in the passing game as yes. well. That's key because that boosts the weekly floor, and that's important when you're relying on these wide receivers because it gives you that nice advantage there. So then later on in the draft, okay, you're looking at guys again with with pass catching upside. Your Chris Thompsons, these guys that can you know love Chris Thompson. Yeah, he's great for this this format. Um. Uh, touchdown guys Laguerre Blunt I think is an ideal ninth round pick for uh for zero RB teams because you know the weeks when you can start him you know the weeks when you don't want anything to do with him Shane Vereen yeah Shane Vereen's okay but he was I think we just kind of already saw what he was last year and there's just not a lot of week to week up Charles Sims Charles Sims is perfect he's another one in like the eighth round I think he's a a must-have for zero RB teams Rashad Jennings is another example of a type of guy that you know is going to start the season off as a workhorse and then you can back off of him if he loses the job if there are injury concerns and Bilal Powell's another guy with pass catching upside but also you want these guys like Sims and Powell and then Spencer Ware, who's not not a passing game threat, but all these guys that have defined roles. Ware can I think could easily be a goal line back. He's scored yeah. goal line yep. touchdowns every single week in the preseason. But if the starter goes down, then you have an RB one in your hands because that's that's another thing of running backs, backup running backs especially benefit from the chaos and fr- and fragility of the NFL season. If that's what co- keeps us coming back to the NFL is because it's so unpredictable and so exciting. Right. So these unpredictable events like starters going down. That benefits those backup running backs. It adds more upside to your team if you get hit the right guys. So one thing I want to say too, and because you were talking, James, you know, we said at the, off the top that it's not. There's no one way to, to skin a cat or go through the draft. 
I think an example of how, like, we, we kind of have touched on it, but just to get it out there, is just draft good players right. <laughs> good situations. Like, right. Do, right. you don't have to go in with a set mandate, like, I'm going to draft three running backs with my first three picks, or I'm going to draft four wide receivers. Yeah. Like, for instance, in my draft that I did this weekend, I wasn't bent on going wide receiver heavy. I got Odell with pick five. And then coming back in the wow, second round, valuable. I was looking at Lamar Miller or Allen Robinson. Lamar Miller went one pick before me, so I took Allen Robinson. Third round, I was like, maybe I want to get one of these running backs if they fall. They didn't. They all went around the thing. So Keenan Allen was sitting there in the third round instead. Took him. Coming back around to the fourth, I'm like, should probably look at a running back soon. But Randall Cobb was there in the fourth. Like, I'm not going to pass up a good player to, to fit um, my roster or anything like that. But I think that is what most drafters Right, do. which is why we're advising to take the best players. Got it. And, and, try, and, and try and find the right values because then coming after that, I was loaded at wide receiver and some good running backs fell to me. Maybe not the elite guys, but mm-hmm. I got Jeremy Hill, Frank Gore, and Melvin Gordon with my picks after that. All great guys I was very happy to get and felt like I rounded out then. Rather than sacrificing or reaching to be like, oh, I need to get two running backs and then two wide receivers, I still had a well-rounded, deep roster with a lot of upside that I was very happy with. So you found value. This is a great, first of all, it's a great story. It, it really illustrates what Matt Harmon is talking about. But, uh, but you basically found value in every round regardless mm-hmm. of the position. Yep. And I like that. There you go. Uh, zero RB to me is uh, what you said. It's an extra tool in your toolkit so that when the draft doesn't necessarily fall the way you want it to, you can adjust on the fly and then still be able to draft a very good team. And then on the flip side, my dad was uh, in that league with me as well. He went with a couple running backs early, grabbed Russell Wilson and Jordan Reed. So he kind of waited on wide receivers. But by the same token, he found good value later, scooping up number one guys like Deshaun Jackson and Torrey Smith in later rounds. So he still had a pretty good-looking roster. Granted, it might be a little more fragile than you would think than mine, but – there's there's you know multiple ways to do it. You just got to go with the flow of the draft and don't be so rigid in, in adapting a zero RB or not zero RB strategy. As Adam Rank would say, be like the amoeba. Be the amoeba. Yeah. I think that's an important point, too, that we were talking about, you know, filling the roster and everything because I think that's one thing that people, when you go, like when you pick four wide receivers, like I did that one mock and right. James Coe asked if I was crazy. You know, <laughs> uh, or you go, take a zero RB approach, I think, and then you tweet the roster out. Like everybody wants to tweet the roster out after the draft and everybody will be like, oh, my God, that's such a good team. But the thing is – is you don't win the league at the draft. No. That is one part of the situation. Then there's the season, making lineup decisions. There's waivers. There's trades. There's all these things. Like, you're not set with this group. Like, that's one thing that I think people get so up in arms about. Like, are you really going to start Frank Gore and LeGarrette Blunt for every week? I'm like, no, dummy, you're not. (laughs) I'm not locked into this group. And it's the same thing. Like, the point is not to build a balanced roster. That's a nice way to get fourth place if that's what you're into. The goal is to score the most. The goal is to score the most points, and yeah. the wide receivers score more points than running backs right now. That's just a fact. And I think I think that's a, a, an important distinction because I think a lot of people go into their drafts looking for balance. And, yeah, that's yeah. nice. It's nice to achieve that. But the fact of the matter is you just want to score, so it doesn't really matter where the scoring's coming right. from as long as you're getting it on a consistent basis. All right, there you go. And by the same token, because you know, we were in a casual league. Uh, we did that the Marquette League with my friends out here, and somebody drafted a kicker in like round seven or eight, not in an Adam Rank trolling joke yeah, yeah. way. But like actually, actually drafted that yeah. kicker. And you know, you understand like some people, more casual players, like, well, if you want to score, you're trying to score the most points, why not get the highest scoring kicker or defense? Well, right. it's just the, the relative value to taking them there when you could take – in that eighth round, Marvin Jones or somebody who, per his sure. his position, is going to give you a much greater advantage when you can get you know, somebody that's much more replaceable in the later rounds at the kicker and defense position. All right, let's talk about the quarterback position because yeah. in most casual leagues, quarterbacks uh, go way earlier than you will see in sharp leagues. Right. Um, uh, you know, franchise, uh, tell me why that's a bad strategy, and if you are going to go quarterback early, which ones do you like? Well, it's a bad strategy to take quarterbacks early because the it's such a deep position. And, like, I think last year 17, 17 of the top 20 highest scores were all quarterbacks. quarterbacks. So right. week to week there's not much variation. And then weren't you telling me, Wiz, that, uh, that the, the difference between the 10th best quarterback and, like, the 5th best quarterback was, like, 20 fantasy points uh, yeah, stretched yeah, out over, like, enough. 16 weeks or so. Something. Eli it's, Manning, it's nothing. Eli Manning, well, even we can go down to Phillip Rivers last year, 284 points was the QB 12. Aaron Rodgers and or Drew Brees, the QB six, had three hundred and six points. So it was basically twenty points over separated. a sixteen. I mean, that's, it's nothing. Separated twelve from six, so barely, barely more than a point a game. That's nothing. But yeah. the the thing is, like in a casual league, if you start seeing quarterbacks go, you might want to get 
a, a top 10 guy if like seven are off the board by the sixth round or something, if people are starting to take them, if if you know your buddy always like has three quarterbacks on his roster just for, <laughs> for no reason, people do that. I know. Well, well, people always draft two or yeah. three quarterbacks. And I think no, that's, that's true. That's the thing. I think when you were talking about more casual leagues where yeah. people are drafting quarterbacks early, those people are more likely to go and get a second quarterback. Right. So it does become a little more important for you to make sure you get one right you know when when you have when you are on teams that are drafting their second quarterback and you don't have one yet then it starts to get a little strange. it's so it's, uh, funny because we we talk about it as casual leagues but imagine if imagine if all the sharps decided to do the exact same thing you could ice some guys out man like it, it could it's it's an actually interesting strategy that i know that so casual. Are you, are you suggesting collusion <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's so you're like, all right, everybody in the league, we know one guy, you know, are two these two guys a, never take a quarterback until right. round twelve. Let's all you're, get you're, two you're, quarterbacks before round six. You're I've league been in a league where that happened. Like eight guys or something, like, hey, okay, this is what we're gonna do. No, no, no. But no, the, listen, when you especially if you're drafting live in person, trust me, that stuff goes down. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm telling true. you, and it's so funny to see. But I mean a couple things here. One on this whole thing, like even if everybody in the league takes two quarterbacks you can still wait around for like Alex Smith and get 17 points per game. Like he, yeah. that same same thing as Derek Carr scored last year. Like yeah. it's guess. it's not it's not sexy and it's, it's scary. Not, but and the fact That's like the it's the super fact, scary. The, but then the fact that like everybody else is chasing these quarterbacks, then you're scooping up values at wide receiver and running back. And that's that's the point of the late round quarterback strategy. You know, JJ Zacharyson, who wrote literally wrote the book on late round quarterback. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> he always says like it's not a game of chicken. It's you don't like you don't get to crown yourself the late round quarterback winner because you took the last guy right it's about finding value so like if if you're in a league where a bunch like i'm in a league with a bunch of writers right now uh and i took aaron Rodgers into the seventh round because he was there and i was, oh, like, I was yeah. like well listen i'm not gonna take Can't let him slip some, some schmuck at wide receiver five and if aaron Rodgers is sitting there you know that's the same thing as applying the late round quarterback strategy it's i like beefing it. up those other assets then you wait around and if he's there you take him I do. I like it. I like it a lot. It's so so crazy to think about Aaron Rodgers going in the seventh round. Right. right. And it's like that would hey. only happen in a sharp know, in a sharps league. Come on. Right. And it's a, but it's it's, it's about having that inner draft flexibility. Like yeah. I never go into a draft thinking I'm taking a quarterback in a single digit round, but right. then when one falls to the appropriate area, it's like well, yep. all right. But here's the other thing too about uh, drafting a quarterback super late and try again as you mentioned trying to find value and, and you know guys will point to oh Eli Manning top ten oh Blake Bortles came out of nowhere was a top five quarterback quarterback that's fine if you're the most active dude on the waiver wire right yeah but what happens if you are a guy that you know again you're just a dude the lazy right? man scott the yeah, lazy right. you yeah. Put, you yeah, put yeah, that yeah. Up, uh, everybody should read it's a great read especially yeah. if you you know you get got sucked into a work league or your your guy friends or your girlfriends are like right. oh let's let's do a fantasy league and you're like i don't want to do that <laughs> james gives you kind of a round by round guide how to draft the best set it and forget it team and still be competitive but probably not win your league but yeah Require minimal effort. It's, yeah. it's a good read. There you go. Uh, I've gotten good feedback online about it, too, so it's been fun. Uh, but, no, I, I mean, again, it's it's really interesting because, you know, I know Michael Fabiano is such a proponent of waiting on quarterbacks, but I would say this. In, like, the eight leagues he's in, probably seven of them, he's the most active guy and by a mile. Right. Right? In, in other leagues where it's much more competitive – Gosh, it's hard to find those waiver wire quarterbacks because other guys are doing the exact same thing that you are. Well, especially trying to find those guys. A lot of people will you'll speculate, you know, when yes. you, you see a guy yes. who who maybe had a good week, or you know, there's a, a running back or a wide receiver who might be a little dinged up. You speculate who's the who's the next man up, and you take yeah. a chance on that. Guy. Or you're or you're speculating about uh, like you're in week one, and you know that your week three matchup for let's say you've got Blake Bortles, your week three matchup for Blake Bortles is terrible. Right. Well, you're gonna look on the waiver wire, see who's got a, a very favorable week three matchup, right. and then you'll play those matches. And that, that's what I'm saying. It's very interesting the whole waiting on the quarterback thing. There is value in taking a quarterback early if you get a guy who is going to be absolutely crushing it every single week. If you're going to take, we were talking about this with Dave Damashek in the newsroom today, if you're going to take one of those early quarterbacks, and, and you certainly can, uh, you want to target the guy that you think is going to be the quarterback one. Not a quarterback one, like the overall quarterback one. And the thing is, like, if you get that guy, like Cam Newton last year or right. Andrew Luck in 2014, yep. boom, you know, great. But if you miss on that guy – You've sunk a fourth-round pick into a guy that is giving you barely above replaceable level production, right. and you missed out on a running back or wide receiver. All right, right? let's talk about handcuffs. Um, you got a beard hair on the. 
Sorry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was TMI big time. Um, let's talk about handcuffs. Uh, running back handcuffs. Uh, it's a it's it's a strategy that's been super popular in fantasy for a long time. Um, Matt Harmon, love to get your take because I I know that you don't like this strategy. You think it's asinine. Noted contrarian. Wow. Matt Harmon. <laughs> that was <laughs> strong. Why he's he blasts this strategy. I don't remember he used the word asinine. Okay. Just, uh, well, the thing is, and and this is another thing that I I talked about in. Um, the wide receiver heavy piece, we are not as good at predicting things as we like to think we are. Uh, even as, like, Ice mentioned that wide receivers are much more consistently easy to predict than running backs, the highest year of those last three years of, of terms of ADP finishing within 12 spots of their finish, okay. the highest was like 73%, and that was a big outlier year for running backs in 2014. The normal is like 60%. Okay. We're just not good at predicting things, and I think that is <laughs> that is very – shockingly, all Shocking. these, these quote-unquote experts right. and gurus don't yeah. really know what the hell they're talking about we're all just here playing a guessing game anyway sorry tangent. best educated guess as possible yes and I think that's really apparent with the running back position in terms of who the handcuffs are going to be because like guys like Thomas Rawls were big time backup running backs that came in and shine Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West but people were drafting Niall Davis as a handcuff to Jamal that's right Charles people were drafting you know is it Kristen Michaels is it, is it Robert, Robert Turbin? Turbin is it Fred Jackson turned out to be none of those guys so yeah. that's one reason that it's a big struggle another reason that I don't really like to use uh, picks on handcuffs is because you're essentially picking a player that you're hoping is never going to see the field. And that, to me, just bothers me. And it becomes very hard to hold those guys through the bye weeks. When those bye week gauntlets come, it's brutal to have to be holding a backup running back. And normally those guys get dropped. So I don't necessarily like drafting handcuffs. Uh, because there's really a lack of clarity and standalone value. I do like potential handcuffs like Spencer Ware, who I think is the best backup running back in the NFL right now to Woo! own in fantasy because he gives you likely standalone value if he's going to be a goal line back. And I've heard whispers out of Kansas City that he could do that and more this year. Also, he's just really, really freaking good. Yeah. Uh, really good. And so that's also a plus. And I think that he has a clear role. We have clarity that he's the backup running back. It's been the reports at all, the right, all right. season. So you're looking for guys like that if you're going to handcuff. So I don't necessarily like to chase handcuffs in draft because it's, it's just not as clear as we think it is. So but is Charles really, – tra- like, like I think most casual fans would say Charles Sims is a handcuff. See, but I don't think – and this is where I get that a lot. Like, you didn't mention Charles Sims in your article at all. Charles Sims has a ninth-round ADP at worst, and he goes in the seventh to eighth round sometimes. Like, that's not a handcuff to me. That You're, you're taking a – if you're taking a guy in the sixth to, or the seventh to eighth round, you're hoping he's going to have value for you. And and Sims is not a backup. He's a yeah. rotational back. He's a tandem. Like, yeah. tandem running backs aren't handcuffs. Same thing with a guy like Tevin Coleman. I don't view that as a handcuff because you have to spend an early pick in most drafts to get him. So those guys to me aren't handcuffs. Handcuffs, okay. handcuffs to me come in, like, the double-digit rounds, the last few rounds. Yeah. Otherwise, you're taking an asset that you're hoping you have to use. But it sounds like what you're doing is you're separating the term handcuff running backs to a rotational yes. running back. They're, not all backups are handcuffs. Right. Not all uh, handcuffs are backups. Right. And I that think part, that's, that last part didn't make. I think that's evolved <laughs> over the last few years. Every we've seen more of these committees develop too. So yeah. handcuff that, right. isn't what it used to be. Right, for sure. Now, I will say, as much as I don't like handcuffing in drafts, okay. I do like at the end of the season, and you know, we're a ways off from that, like in the, the stretch run after the bye weeks are over, start scooping up those backup running backs in the event that a starter gets hurt. because, And you don't even have to have – it doesn't even have to be your handcuff. And actually, it's kind of a sharp move to roster other people's handcuffs because right. you know, I, know, I know people are like, well, I want to have Jarek McKinnon if Adrian Peterson goes down. But if you have Adrian Peterson – and D'Angelo Williams, and then Le'Veon Bell goes down, you have Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell's back up there. And so you get two RB1s out of the deal. Right. You know, it's it's a guessing game as to who's going to get hurt anyways, but I kind of like having the more upside play of two potential RB1s other than just Ooh. this RB1 to replace mine. I see. All right. right. I like what you're thinking here. All right, so how about it, guys? Uh, can I go around the horn? Can I get some favorite uh, handcuffs that, that you guys do like? If you employ this strategy, who are you taking? Double-digit rounds. Uh, give me a handcuff, MG. Um, I mean, I guess I got, I've got to lean with with uh, Harmon here and go with Spencer Ware. I mean, I I don't I don't think every running back you draft needs a handcuff. I think you know I think you're talking about guys sort of near the top of drafts. But again, like like I think what Harmon was saying is accurate in the sense that there just aren't with so many running back committees there just aren't bona fide 
handcuffs anymore. It's not like it used to be when you had a workhorse back that you knew would get 300 carries, and then okay. you're like, hey, who's the number two guy? But I, I do think Spencer Ware is a guy that you like, and I think I think all the other guys that we would consider to be handcuffs pretty pretty much aren't. I mean, maybe Jarek McKinnon would be another one that I would consider. Okay, there you go. Tim Hightower would be one that I would say yep. is like a legit handcuff. I was going to yeah. mention him, too. You know, okay, there you go. He doesn't have – you know when Ingram's healthy, he's not seeing the field, but then we've already seen when Ingram goes down, which is – James Cobb, I'm sure you, it's gonna you happen. Wait. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Can't folks. wait for it to happen. Uh, then he, we know. He I'm not saying I can't wait. Role. I'm just saying it's gonna happen. Right, right, right. right uh, Hightower, but I was gonna actually say that I think, and I thought I saw some reports today that McKinnon might have been earning himself a standalone role in the Minnesota offense as well. Like he's played so well this preseason. We know he's an athletic freak. He's done well before. And it almost freak. might. It almost might be a cat, cat out of the bag situation with McKinnon, where the Vikings know he's a difference maker and want to get him involved more. So he's one of those handcuffs that I'll, I'll definitely be throwing a dart at in the later runs. Last year I was too early on it. He's a converted quarterback out of uh, Southern, and uh, he's still learning that position. But man, you look at his combine numbers, and holy cow, he is a tremendous athlete. But you know, you don't think AP is hearing those whispers? He's been talking about all off season about trying to work uh, more in into the passing game because he knows. That's where the league is going, and that's he wants to be more involved. As there. Marcus Grant always says, it's good to want things. It's good to want things. <laughs> such a, it's such huge. It's such a huge difference between the two uh, in the shotgun versus the. Oh my god! I've been calling it like an oil and water situation. Like Bridgewater just can't function from under center, so it seems. And Did any Adrian of you guys, Peterson just can't function from the shotgun? Did any of you guys so watch the game against San Diego? Uh, I think it was yesterday. No, because oh, Bridgewater on, on Sunday, football. Bridgewater, Bridgewater looked good yeah. out of the shotgun. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He put on a little clinic. For How about like Diggs? Minute drive. Diggs is great. Great. I mean, yeah. we're getting off topic here, yeah. but uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what how that offense shapes up this year. Franchise. Uh, so for my handcuff picks, yep. mm-hmm. I'm going to say Chris Johnson is probably my number one handcuff pick, just because we saw him do well in that offense last year. That's not bad. If anything happens to David Johnson, we know they can That's just kind of plug him in. It's so interesting because he kind of doesn't fit that, you know, handcuff, like, mold, right? Because right. he's like an older running back. He and Tim I mean? Hightower both, though. That's yeah. true. That's true. All right. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about auction strategies. Uh, most uh, have a budget of about $200. Uh, yep. But th- there's two strategies, basically. You can lay in wait, uh, which is basically – uh, what a lot of folks do, right. uh, but some people go hot and heavy early and, and get those heroes right off the top, and then they kind of round out their roster with a with a bunch of dart throws that they're hoping will pan out. Um, stars and scrubs. Stars and scrubs. Stars, yep. Studs and duds. Studs and duds, heroes and zeros, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. The thing is, if you miss on those studs, oh, you're oops. you're in bad shape. Yeah. That's but see, and I think that's why that's the risk. I don't know. I've I've been in, in auction drafts for you know the past five or six years here, and, and and those years that I do go big on guys, they don't work out. Yeah, they never work out. They never work hit. out. You got to hit. Yeah, and because as you mentioned, uh, Harmon, it, it's so hard to predict these things. Not you know good. At, I mean? We're not good at predicting. Um. So yeah. So uh, is does anyone advocate this uh, go big and 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 maybe kind of you know kind of round out your roster with a bunch of one dollar player strategies? Uh, I I like it. It's fun. It, it's fun to do, and it's great because because you can. That's the beauty of auctions. You have much more control over who you get than in a snake draft. Like yep. you cannot get Julio Jones and Odell Beckham in an, in a snake draft. You can in an auction draft. Right. Yep. So if you want to pay up for those guys, that's great. You also have to know where you're going to be taking value at other points. And quarterback is obviously the biggest. Like Got you will that. see. You know, starting good, usable fantasy quarterbacks go for literally a dollar. Yep. Like, here, I just pulled up our mock draft results. We did an auction. I got Tyrod for four, Dalton for one, uh, Marcus Mariota went for one dollar to Wilk, Blake Bortles went for two, and Eli Manning went for five to Rank. Uh, Cynthia got Tony Romo for two dollars, RIP. Um, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger went for two dollars in this league. Like so you can get good quarterbacks for cheap yeah. late. Even Drew Brees went for only nine bucks in this league. There's wow. nothing worse than when you take the bait on one of those early quarterbacks, right? Yeah, and, and then you're sitting. Around you drop a thirty everything. spot on Russell Wilson, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh man. And then everybody's plucking these values off. But that's an important <laughs> thing too. So if you're going to go with those those studs and duds, and you want to be creating value early on in your or later on in your draft. Throw out. This is one of the best things. See, this is why I like auction because it's, uh, so it's a psychological strategy. like game, and you got to feel the room and know you know the people. Like right. toss out guys that you don't want. So yeah. 
have like every time you're on the clock, if you don't want to get an early quarterback, toss out Andrew Luck, toss out Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Like if you're like me and you don't want Todd Gurley at value this year, toss out Todd Gurley. Right. Let because, the feeding frenzy begin. Yeah, because they will people go nuts. Or on the inverse, if you're wanting to create value, you know, and you like a real a sleeper like Rashad Jennings, have that be like the first guy you throw out because everybody's gonna be like, I'm not spending my money on Rashad yeah. Jennings when there's all these other players on the board. Right. right. And then you take Jennings for you know like five bucks or something early on. Veterans with big names always go for a, a lot more than they should right. in the early part of the auctions. early part of the draft. In yeah. the early part of the auction. Harmon, you th- that worked well with you with Randall Cobb. Somehow, like in the beginning bidding with all those guys in that auction, like yeah. you know, A Rob, you bought him for forty three. I got Julio for like fifty something. All these guys are going off the co- top. I forget if you suggested him or somebody else. I don't think I did. You got somebody put out Randall Cobb like in the early goings. Harmon got him for sixteen bucks. That's yeah. cheap. Which I got Michael cool Floyd too. for twenty. <laughs> Marcus got John Brown for twenty two. Right. Amari Cooper went for thirty three. Like yeah. you look at some of those other guys that are kind of in Cobb's tier, and you're like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah, and and that is a really important thing you mentioned tiers. I have tiered rankings on the site. Like, use tiers in auction. That's not just a plug for you to click on my article, but uh, just make sure you. Use go tiers. click on his article. But, but, go but, click on but do click on NFL.com slash you, know, you can print out the cheat sheet. Uh, ah, yeah. Somebody say, but they made a nice yeah. cheat sheet there that's really Perfect. helpful. Like, use tiers because then you can say, like, if a run is starting to happen, then you can get in on the middle of it because I, I, it's important to think of things as like a U there in drafts. And you don't want to be at the peak of the U. You want to be in that nice down slope in the middle there because you don't want to be at the beginning when people are f- that feeding frenzy. You don't want to be at the end when people are like, oh, crap, all the Tier 3 receivers are, are going off the board. i got to spend big on this one. You don't want to be the last guy in the tier. You want to be in the middle. It's so interesting, too, because, you know, um, I wasn't involved in that, but I am such a pot stirrer because if I see a guy like Randall Cobb at 16, yeah. I don't even – even if I don't want him, I'm like, nope, click. you got to be careful with that, too. Oh, too, totally. Get, it's, it's the best. You I love get, it. You can get caught holding the bag, and you're like, <laughs> you got to be careful if you're going to pro- – it's you know, if you're going to price it's it for the best. Yeah, well, then you, you can be, be like, ah, oh, Stefan Diggs, you go this cheap, and then you're like, oh, crap, I just landed Stefan Diggs for 30. How did yeah, well, I, <laughs> Cynthia, Cynthia made a note of that. I think she was trying to run up Jordan Reed on us because she – she didn't want him that much, and she ended up with him. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, Dangerous uh, game. Dylan and uh, Fabiano got locked into that, too, with Jarvis Landry. So you got to be for, like, 35 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. you got to be careful and know when to get out. Yeah, and I, I, I love to be the other person on the side of that. Like, if I know somebody's price enforcing me, I'd be like, oh, let me yank this right out from under <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right, should we do daily daps and get out of here? Alex Gelhoff, sure. what do you think? We can do that. Let's, All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, daily dap time. We're going to go to the magical beer to fantasy Matt Francisovich, the franchise. What's up? What's up? Had a lovely weekend in yeah. uh, Irvine, California with Matt Harmon. We went to see. Had a lovely weekend. It was lovely. <laughs> Listen, there will be a, a we tell- wind, we dine. Oh there will be a God. there will be a tell-all documentary that uh, comes out this on, on the event. Nah, but but uh, w- the point is, I'm gonna daily daps my favorite band in the world, Dave Matthews Band. There you go. We went to see them B&B. live. Go get it. It was my 36th show. What? Yeah. It's pretty you wild. Thirty six. It was like my. It was like my fourth. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> I remember when the, you've seen Dave Matthews thirty six times. Yes. Franchise. <laughs> franchise has like I'm not kidding. Like stats. In, in oh yeah, there's an app where you can plug in all the shows you've been to, and it tells you how many songs you've seen and all this stuff. So I tweeted that before the show. Uh, Saturday are you night. kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh my god, you're. But I mean, yeah. When we were planning the trip, Franchise goes, "How many times have you seen Dave?" And I was like, oh, "I think I've seen him like three times." So this will be my fourth. And he's like, "Oh, 36." But like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so what? yeah, but they're just amazing. They, Good they for it's you. always exciting. Every time I see them, it's the best show I've ever seen, and that's what keeps me coming back. They're. 36 times. True professional though. musicians, and they just blew us away, man. Yeah. It was Matt, awesome. Unreal. All right, Matt Harmon, give me one. I mean, mine's going to be the same thing, to there be honest. Like, I'm just going to dap the whole weekend because okay, it was – like, Franchise and I are obviously best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, it is, it's really unseemly the way they are getting along. Alex Alex is, you know, moving out of our apartment. That's uh, true. He's going to be moving in with uh, this woman. Franchise's former fiancé because uh, – Yeah, know, that's what – Hey, watch it, buddy. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they told me this morning. Harmon's like, I got some news uh, moving in with Franchise, and he's like, Mackenzie, <laughs> Franchise's fiance is going to come live with you. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was great. I mean, franchise, uh, fiance, fi- Mackenzie watched my dog. It yeah. was great. Oh Very synergy. God. Franchise and I did a lot of stuff together that is, you know, NFC. 
SFW. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Did we? Wow. Well, I mean, wow. we, we, we watched did. Derrick Henry. We did. Oh, it was great because after the show was over, we came back and like just had a couple beers at the hotel room because obviously we were our faces were melted. Yes. Uh, uh, obviously. Point. Yeah. And uh, we rewatched the Titans and uh, Raiders. Raiders. I mean, I wish I do wish like that had been recorded because we <laughs> just like straight we up. Just <laughs> obviously still like buzzing from the concert and, you know, the beers and et cetera and all that. Like we were just like gushing over Derrick Henry to an embarrassing Degree. Yeah, like yeah. we we literally enshrined him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that should be his Hall of Fame speech. It was awesome. That's great. So just daily daps the whole weekend. It was it was it was awesome. This is great. It's amazing. <laughs> it really great. should. It really should, we really it really should have been like a, a documentary about it. That's so good thing great. I tipped off ESPN. They're doing a thirty for thirty. 30 on you guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, I'm gonna How do you top that? Well, I'm gonna stay with the music <laughs> theme. Uh, I was at FYF Fest, uh, which is in downtown LA this week. Okay. Uh, it takes place around the LA Coliseum. Um, a ton of great shows. Uh, you know, Vince Staples, who's a local guy from Long Beach, Charles Bradley, Ty Siegel, uh, Kendrick Lamar, who's one of the headliners on Saturday night, did a great show. That's cool. LCD Sound System killed it uh, to close the show. But my favorite show of the entire weekend was Tame Impala, of whom I am a big fan already. And watching them live was kind of next level oh, to yeah. the point that I have now started my own hashtag. What? I want Tame Impala to play at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've started a hashtag, and anybody you guys are all anybody who's a fan of the okay. band, welcome to jump in. It is hashtag Tame Four Number Four SBLI. I feel as if franchise can't get on board with that. Should we start DMB for Super Bowl? I don't. I mean, as, nah. much, as no? much as I love DMB, like they're, I don't know that I don't know that they're quite right for the Super Bowl, and I love Dave. Man. They would up, Tame they would, Impala is though. They would upstage the Super Bowl. Tame Impala is. <laughs> everybody would be like, "Oh, I guess we can go watch that stupid football game for a few minutes." And Tame, Tame Impala is awesome. Joking, of course. The, that's a they're joke. a little weird for a Super Bowl audience, I would say. And Coldplay. Yeah, Coldplay is mainstream. They're not as good as Tame Impala. That's oh. all I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's not the question. So, anyway, that is my own little personal <laughs> crusade, right. and I will probably you know, continue this all throughout the season. You'll I like see it. the hashtag coming there you up. Go. So, anybody who's on board, come along for the ride. Look, yeah. I was uh, I, I, I drove the Melvin Gordon bus, and you guys are all jumping on board. So, like, this is another bus. <laughs> this is another it's bus. making stops all the I time. Like two Feel buses at once. I'm, I'm that talented. I Double-decker bus? There we go. Melvin there it Gordon. is. There you go. Let's go. Let's go. WizKid, what's up? Uh... Daily Dap, it's kind of kind of a sad one, but to the career of Gene Wilder, passed yeah, away man. Monday yeah, afternoon, 83 absolutely. years old. Willy Wonka. Uh, Willy Wonka, the Waco kid from Blazing Saddles. Yep, number yep. of tremendous movies. Worked a lot with Mel Mel Brooks, and uh, he was just a phenomenal talent. And he, you know, brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. And I watched a ton of his movies growing up, especially when I got into my Mel Brooks phase, and when I was like, you know, 12 or 13 or whatever. And those movies were the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life. So uh, sad to see him pass. 2016 keeps taking uh, artistic legends. First of all, how are you at 12 or 13 when you watched it? Like, these movies came out like when you were negative 12, bro. Yeah, but that's when I discovered them. Okay. I was old enough to there's appreciate this, the There's humor. this thing called home video. Oh, yeah. I got you. I used to live, I used to live three blocks from a, a local video rental store. And I knew I played soccer Solid. with the owner's kid. And he knew, like, he knew me so well. So I would go and like, rent one or two movies with the measly money I have. He's like, go back and take like four or five. I don't That's care. Great. What, what is what is renting movies? <laughs> God, how did? <laughs> There's still Redbox. Oh, I just I just watched them like on my computer and or connected device. God, I so just connect. Right I just download them from the cloud. There is still Redbox. I mean, that is a thing that has existed in your lifetime. I you only listen. Does anybody that's not in a relationship go to Redbox? Like that's like a thing that's like. I feel all like, right, I feel all like right, people who don't are a significant other. We go. We can go. I feel like everybody who goes to Redbox are people who aren't in relationships. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's it, like, I don't know. I, I find it much more like this, the, this gives an ex- a you're at Seven Eleven because you're trying to get some snacks or a beverage to get you through the weekend and you're like, hey, Redbox is right out front. That's what the Redbox video games are for. I really need a off-the-rails sound drop for when this podcast just completely goes. (laughs) I mean, I know we're we're 98% of the way through it, but and then the other thing I just need to throw it is I think we have one listener from the OG League. Uh, The guy who left a review on iTunes said he worked in a restaurant, listened to it. I inspired him because he was from Wisconsin as well. Oh yeah. I don't think he's on Twitter, so we have an email league if you're listening, or an email to uh, get us your contact info for the league, it's NFL Fantasy Live OG League at gmail.com. Boom. And other people, if you're going to try and get smart and send me you know, an email, be like, hey, that was me. I'm in there. Like, come on. We'll, come on, we'll, pal. We'll suss that out. Yep. 
I mean, if only if only your league had been as prepared as ours. So our beard league organized and and full steam ahead. The, the, both of these fools are flexing right now <laughs> in the podcast. I'm just twisting my wow. twisting my fists. I'm not really flexing. Wow. Oh God, James, please dab so we can get out okay. of here. You guys would have to look away if I flexed. <laughs> oh wow, what's going on right now? <laughs> we wouldn't be able to. They just it. gave each other air high fives. Okay, here we go. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Have you guys seen this online yet? This no. is great. It's it's like a it's like a spoof. Of what Thor was doing, and they actually they actually got all the actors, Chris Hemsworth and all that, uh, and this aired at uh, Comic Con yesterday. It's great. It's a spoof video. It's called Thor Ragnarok, and uh, it's basically what Thor was doing during uh, Civil War. Civil War, right? Uh, it's great. It's tremendous. It's funny because it, as you were saying that, I went to search it and I just typed Thor, and that was the first suggestion. Ragnarok. Rag- well, Ragnarok's, Ragnarok's the name of the new movie that's coming out for for him. So uh, it is that's awesome. Why they tied it in with that, but I can't wait to watch that afterwards. Now uh, it is tremendous. It's really really funny. Uh, I will. I'll also daily dap Westworld. It's a uh, the trailer that I saw, the mature trailer that I saw on YouTube today. It's a new show that's coming out on HBO. I don't know if it's any good, but I tell you what, it's got Anthony Hopkins in it. It's got uh, a lot of other big-name actors in it, and the trailer for Westworld looks awesome, man. It looks awesome. It's basically a simulation that people go into, but the simulation is of the, uh, of the Old West. And then the Old West characters who are in there that are just simulations – they're starting to gain consciousness. Whoa! Oh. Uh, it's on HBO. Watch, look for the look for the, the the mature trailer. It's really good. Finally, I will undap again the NFL media bathroom. They <laughs> oh, jeez, brother! They have been out of paper towels since 11 a.m. Oh, that is true. Go go That's green true. and use the hand dryer. Yeah, use the hand dryer. Gene. Okay, but go this, green. It sounds you like don't. a jet engine when you use it. It's and too loud. And, and it also does not dry your hands. <laughs> yes, it does. It, no, it work, does. Not. It works fine. Franchise uh, you're still you are no. still using the pants. After look, 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 look. I get it. It works well, and and I've used it. But I will say this: because there are no paper towels. Mm-hmm. People are just shaking their hands dry onto the floor oh. to the point where the janitor now has brought out the caution wet floor sign. Oh, it's only wow. a matter of time until somebody slips and breaks. And I'm saying, brother, if you've got the time to put out the caution wet floor sign, can you just get some paper towels to refill the paper towels? We're running low yeah. on resources. It's here. been a while I don't since understand. we had a, an NFL media bathroom. True, rant, people so have been clamoring for up. A bathroom update. I Pop don't understand it. Wait, was the sink functional when you were in there last? Yes or no? The first yes. sink? Uh, is it? The sink has been, I don't even it go is, to uh, it. it I, don't even, I know. I am I conditioned to like not even go to <laughs> yeah, no. it. Yeah, I don't even look. It has worked for at least a week. Oh, really? All right, So it should be broken by now, Probably right now. We got up here. Again, go to NFL.com slash Game Pass. Start your seven-day free trial. Live out-of-market preseason games and game replays during the regular season. For the franchise, for the WizKid, MG and Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.